to the station tapes here at the Rope Dope Room in East Philadelphia. My name is Lewis Marks, and I'm happy to be doing this again, this time with a full video, taking advantage of the uh, lovely backdrop. Uh, today, uh, I have the great pleasure of connecting with someone who's been around Rope Dope Orbit for quite some time, uh, Philadelphia guitarist, Mr. Tim Motzer. After two decades of touring the world, at least two, I would say, <laughs> uh, nine solo soundscape albums and stunning collaborations with over 100 credits on albums. Mm. Uh, he's a member of Bandit 65, an improvising trio that he co-leads with guitarist Kurt Rosenwinkel and drummer Gintas Janisonis. I hope I said that correctly. Uh, and he is the head of 1K Recordings. It's an imprint uh, a label, if you will. I don't know if we, we call it that anymore, but yeah. there are over 40 releases on, on 1K. And I urge you after this is over to go to 1K Recordings.bandcamp.com and, and, and enjoy, spend some time there. His new album, Many Ways Around the Sun, is a collection of original songs that he uh, put together and performed uh, solo, played everything, composed everything. And uh, we're going to talk about that album that's due out in uh, July 30th of 2021. It's an honor. It's a pleasure <laughs> to welcome you, Mr. Tim Motzer. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Lewis. It's so great to be here, too, and an honor for me, too. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for those that don't know, I referenced the... Uh, Tim's uh, being around the Rope It Up orbit for some time, but it was through his work with King Brit uh, yeah. on King Brit Presents Sister Gertrude Morgan that um, still for me to this day is that 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 like, oh, that's Tim Motzer, you know, like you, you, hear, <laughs> you hear the scape. And when I hear the new album, I, I go back there as well. So I, I'd like to just get a sense. Let's go back 20 years or so. Hmm. Um, what was your and I like to ask this of everyone on the show, what was your musical upbringing, a, a sense of the support or lack thereof around, you know, becoming a musician as you were growing up? Well, I, I grew up in a musical household. Um, my mom uh, was a singer and, um, and uh, back in 1939, 1940, she sang for big bands in the Midwest. And uh, it's just amazing story. And then I have also two older sisters um, who were both singers. And so, um, and they were older than me. So they're like 14 years and 12 years older than me. So when I was growing up as a little kid, um, my habitat in my house was a piano, record player, records everywhere, folk guitars everywhere. And um, hearing like not only my mom's music, jazz and all kinds of stuff like that, but also my sister's music, which was folk music like Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and mm you know, Joan Baez and things like that, but also the Beatles were, you know, all over the place. And um, I just remember as a little kid listening to the Beatles albums and going like, yeah. wow, what's this? And where's England? And what was your first Beatles album? Um, I, it was four of them. I just remember there were four sitting there and the, the ones were Rubber Soul, Revolver, um, Sgt. Pepper, and Magical Mystery Tour. And Magical Ooh. Mystery Tour was the one for me, I think. I was yeah, really yeah. Pull, pulled into that one. 
I can I can hear that, and I can I can hear it in in this recording, both from a production standpoint and and just a like a psychedelic style yeah. thing. Yeah. So so go on. So the the so I'm guessing you know lots of support and encouragement. In, lots in of support. Music. So I was around music. I was finding music um, when the television was on. Quite often there were um, you know TV shows that were about music, and then uh, I guess around age. 10 or something like that. I, I, uh, through grade school, I met this guy who would come to school every day and he'd have a cassette player and, mm. you know, he sat next to me and we became buds and I'm like, what are you playing? He goes, black Sabbath. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And he kind of opened a doorway into a whole world of uh, heavy rock and Hendrix. And, you know, I'm just trying to think of everybody, but everybody was kind of around in the seventies, you know, we, that's yeah. what we were listening to. So about coming out of that, about age 11, I had a dream and um, the dream was you should learn how to play guitar. So when I woke up the next day, I actually called my sister, Susan, and I'm like, can I borrow your guitar? I, I really wow. want to learn how to play. And she goes, yeah, I have a Beatles songbook. Here's the three chords that I know how to play. And have a great time. And that's where it started age 11. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you have like a, what did your school have a cassette library or a, like a music library? No. Um, My, mine did. I oh. discovered the Rolling Stones in the library, you know? Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. It's great to have those kinds of resources, but my, my school didn't really have that, you know? And, um, I think um, my knowledge or education was coming from AM and FM radio at the time. And when FM kicked on, it was like, oh, what's all this stuff? <laughs> you know. So Michael, that was great. Michael Tierson, WMMR back in the day. Well, I was in Ohio then. And oh, gotcha. um, so I was listening to radio from Cincinnati and radio mm. from Oxford, Ohio and Dayton, Ohio. So those yeah. were like the, the markets and um, great, great radio back then. You know, yeah. it was really, really great. So first, uh, so, I mean, outside of family and, and, and that discovery process, um, you know, how did you meet other musicians and, and, and how, you know, did, it, did a community form that was supportive for you to move ahead? Yeah, I think being a musician, you're always uh, eventually seeking out people that understand what it is that you do and talk about and think about and the kind of music you want to make. And so, you know, you eventually find people like in high school, I found I found some guys, a, a drummer, another guitar player and a bass player. And we started a band and we didn't know how to play. You know? So we would just jam in a basement for a long, long time. And I, I think that was also the impetus of improvisation anyway. You know, just like we don't know how to play anything. So let's just play some things, you know, and, and right. whatever little bits and pieces everybody knew, it turned into something. So that was the beginning. And then. Some, somewhere after, um, after high school and playing in that, and I was, you know, always studying, always practicing guitar and always learning and listening to records and buying records and all that. Um, there was an artist in Dayton, Ohio named Mark Manny, who, um, who I knew, and, and he heard some of my music. And he's like, Tim, you're, you really have something. I'm like, really? You know, and, and, I, and I didn't really know at that time. And he, he was the first person to tell my folks. He goes, you know, Tim has something special, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, but anyway, through him, he introduced me to this bass player that lived in Dayton, Ohio. And this guy, Jim Armstrong, uh, was very much uh, into progressive rock, into yes. And he loved Chris Squire and he loved bands like Genesis and Gentle Giant and ah, yeah. Bill Bruford. And um, 
you know, all the English stuff, Brian Eno, it, that just turned me on to like this whole kind of new scene of music. And we had a progressive rock band and that was the first all original music band that I was a part of that I was really like writing and co-writing with people and being able to, to come up with a composition and have a full band play it back and we would discover it and make it better and go do gigs. And so that all, that all started around college days. And that was uh, a magical time. You know, we played all around Dayton, Ohio and Cincinnati and things. Nice. Like that. <laughs> so the, the, there's, there's something that has to come into this mix. I mean, aside from, you know, organic folk guitar or even electric guitar, um, there are things that you do uh, in studio and uh, not pr pr probably on stage that are altering sound a bit. Yeah. When did, when did your interest in that kind of. Yeah. Well, you know, notes? I would probably credit, you know, first of all, magical mystery tour would be one of those records that got in my ear. Maybe I didn't really understand it at the time, but I heard it. And the same with Jimi Hendrix, Electric Ladyland. I think that album, you know, that's when he really started experimenting, um, you know, uh, sonically in the studio and, and working with echoes and delays and creating like sound worlds um, that, you know, not many of us had heard up to that point. So he, re he really was stretching that out. So mm -hmm. I think it started there being aware of those kinds of music and listening to records and like, how do you do that? And when I was in this band in Dayton, Ohio, um, the, uh, the bass player had a four track reel to reel. I think it was a Tascam or a TAC. Yeah. And he was writing on tape and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So I went and bought a four track reel to reel and then we had two. So we started cutting things on that and bouncing back and forth so we could have more tracks and, and um, we eventually got things like uh, Roland Space Echoes and stuff like that so we could work with Echo. And so I think Echo was one of the big, the big uh, starting places, regenerating sounds and stuff like that. And then also modulation like flanging and phasing and, you know, the, the wow. common psychedelic sounds that were around at the time. So that's, that's where it started. And it's, it's, it's hung in there all the way up to now. You know? Yes. Um, it's fascinating to me because i mean you you made a comment um in in introducing this record um that people will be able to see when you know as as press rolls out but you know something about dropping from the sky right or, <laughs> or downloading this music um, yeah so i sense that that's is that is that's a starting point and i kind of have a follow-up question but that's a starting point you just something just pops into your head um, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes um, what I've been finding over the years is a lot of music is realized or channeled through. And in the case of this record and some of these songs, they really pop through like in the moment, like I might be sitting and playing a chord or two chords and there's a vibe that's happening uh, straight away. And I start feeling like Melody's song starting mm. to happen. Um, in the case of Many Ways Around the Sun, that's the song I'm talking about, where it was like coming out just immediately. I, I was like just scrambling around, grabbing microphones and placing things. And, mm. and I had to cut it right then because I didn't want to lose that vibe or that idea. Yeah. Um, so a lot of songs come that way. It could be sitting on the couch with a guitar, could be, you know, out in the backyard or whatever. And as you're playing, something may come through and you're suddenly in the zone or in this special place. So a lot of that happened. Yeah. 
does that under does your understanding of how like you mentioned magical mystery tour and you know and the and the different i want to say tools but they're really instruments i i would i would almost say right the things yeah. that that mm -hmm. change the sound yes are you hearing it are you hearing kind of those effects and and sounds when that inspiration hits you you mentioned running around placing microphones and stuff you're hearing it in a yeah well, you know, uh, initially you want to capture the idea and maybe the sound of that keyboard had a particular sound that was inspiring me, you know, and um, but yeah, it's like a, a, you hear a lot of things. I hear a lot of things in my head and, and, mm -hmm. a, and a lot of times uh, I think this, the speed of trying to get things down when you're working by yourself is that you, you need to get things down in layers. So let me get these chords down. Let me get this vocal down. And then you dive right in about uh, after that with like, sonic layering you know and creating mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know uh different atmospheres and textures in the music and uh, that's when it starts happening for me when i can get to that you know cinematic area or orchestral area something that's like the that. word yeah sent those those both helped me describe yeah i mean so it's partly like a like excuse the cooking reference but it's a, it's a little bit like a soup absolutely but then a little bit like a layer cake as well <laughs> yeah, there's right. a lot of different spices and sauces in there. Yeah, kind of playing around with it, and I love to cook too. So that's a great analogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I mean that that helps me. It's it's really fascinating. We have a lot of discussions around here about the music business. Yeah. <clears throat> and people ask why rope dope is you know a little different. And the conversations always seem to come back to the understanding of how music gets to us yeah. or, or lack thereof. And I'm always one to go to the sink and turn it on and say, this is where most people think the water comes from. <laughs> right. But every, anybody who's thought about it knows that it comes from somewhere up river. Right. Yeah. Or uh, from the from the place that pumps it out from the tank in the middle of town, and and some people think that that's the the musician, but no, we're not there yet. It has to come from somewhere else, yeah, to get through and into this system. So allowing the space to let those things happen is this sacred process. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's set the stage for this album of how, how it how it came to you. I, you know, this is a really interesting time, uh, a lot yeah. of, a lot of changes in self-reflection. Can you talk a little bit about how, you know, yeah. where you were, what time, what the timing was? Yeah. Uh, I, I think the album uh, started, uh, before, before the lockdown, uh, before COVID and it, it started, um, what was interesting is, is the thing about this record is that I'm singing on the album. And even though I've done, you know, hundreds of records. They're mostly guitar albums or albums that I play guitar on or written. Um, the exception to that is New Cultures, um, which is a band I had in 2007 and uh, 2005. And, and it was three vocalists and we all wrote songs and we kind of shared our songs within that band. And that's when I started singing. But since then, I haven't really done that. So this album um, kind of uh, sparked the idea of bringing my voice back. And um, so around December of 2019, um, I went and saw this band called The Fix from England, and they had an opening uh, guitar player whose name escapes me. I'm so sorry. Um, but he sang a Todd Rundgren song that night. And uh, I, I'm a big Todd fan, too. I love Todd. And mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. 
this song, I was like, because of his rendering, I was like, I knew the song, but because he was singing it, I didn't recognize it as Todd. And I was like, wow, that is such a great song, you know? And I was there with my girlfriend and she's like, yeah, it's a great song, you know? And we figured it out later that it was Todd. And, and just for grins, because I loved that song, I learned how to play it and sing it. And, um, and, and she was like, wow, you should really sing. You know, and she's a singer. So that that came from a, a very nice place for me, you know, and um, and and I was, you know, she lives in the country. So I was out there and it's just a beautiful place to to write. And um, so some songs started almost immediately coming out that weekend. And um, it was it was just like we turned on the faucet and it was like, here comes some songs like wow. you just said earlier. And um, they were they were just streaming out over over the next period of time, you know, over several months. And um, I think most of them were more or less documented by, you know, March. But then mm. the recording started more during the lockdown. certainly an overarching sentiment or message yes i mean you're you're clearly reflecting on our world i, I don't want to bring up too much because we, we're like we're like ptsd yeah. from 2020 but from from covid to uh george floyd and and many others um to the election it was you're like oh. what is going on with humans right yeah. And so much of that was in everybody's soul. It was in my soul and my emotions. And we were riding the roller coaster. And, and for me, like the, um, I mean, the overriding aspect of this record is about this world and about the healing power of love, you know, and just getting into that kind of a space, you know, because we've been in such a, um, the opposite of that almost, you know, and uh, we still are dealing with that. And we come back to this idea of love and, uh, you know, love for humanity and love for, you know, your, your friends and your and yourself, and yourself, you mm. know? Um, yeah. And as individuals through, through COVID, of course, we've all been struggling, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's been a yeah. huge up and down. And, and after the election, things have kind of, you know, we're taking a breath a little bit, but there's still lots going on. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I think the album is about uplift, if I could say that, you know, it's like that, you yes. know, there's some tunes that are mysterious and moody and, and dark, um, but I would say um, there's a lot of uplift. It's about bringing positivity and light forward and, and hopefully making people feel good and they can glean whatever they want from that record. But, but I think I, it's, it's helpful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's it's a wonderful human thing to respond to, you know, negative vibration with positive vibration. Yeah. But but even more so that. It seems to arrive, as you mentioned. Right. So yeah. you hear this dissonance and then you and then what shows up in your brain. But this 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 uh, this beauty, you know, yeah. it's really, really fascinating early on. um, Someone pointed out to me in an interview, I think it was March of last year, uh, 
that, you know, if you were born in 1914, by the time you were 30 or the time you're 18 years old, you would have experienced the First World War, uh, the Spanish flu and the Great Depression. Uh, and then by the time you're, you know, 30 years old, that you're into World War Two. And then he said, stop and think about all of the music and art that happened yeah. during that time. And, and, you know, you go back and it's it's stunning. Yeah. So it, it was really helpful for me to hear that balance and, and to hear things like this. Yeah. Um, I Comparisons are always a challenge or maybe a drag. And I hope I'm, I don't offend you. Um, but. The album from the Flaming Lips, uh, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, uh, comes to my mind pretty quickly when I'm listening to this. That's mind blowing. Really? Really? It's a, does it seem like far for you? Or I don't know. I, I think, um, I think uh, there's one song on that record that still kills me. And do you realize uh, that yeah. was the single off of there? because of, of what he was talking about. And um, so I, I think Wayne Coyne is and that band is pretty interesting because, um, you know, they've been experimenting with sound for a long time. They're, they're always uh, fucking up their album sonically and they've always yeah. done that, but there, there's always been a, a beautiful message. I think, I mean, what he says and do you realize? So, Wow, thanks for that. Um, because you know, I would like to think that this album would have some, you know, mantras or some positive words that can help people to get through. You know, because that's that's what they are for me. You know, many ways around the sun is there's so many ways to get there. So, you know, yeah, I, I I'm actually not think. I, I mean, there's a little bit of the lyrical element of of what the me, you know the message in words is, and there are other tracks on that album that you know you have the sense of reflection throughout and struggle of trying yeah. to get to a place. But I, I think a lot of the, um, the, the feeling, the tone, the, the, the being in a, you said cinematic before, but yeah. being in another, in almost in a surreal place, it sort of reflects on where our heads are right now and kind of takes you to another place. And then your vocal seems to match all of that. And, 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 and it kind of, it kind of has the, um, the sense of vulnerability. Yeah. And then, you know, lifts to a more positive, uh, tone that that's, you know, a positive uh, message just through the music alone. You know, I would love to kind of listen without, without the words, (laughs) without the lyrics and hear the instrumentals to see, to see how that'd be be an interesting thing to do to, uh, to do a instrumental mix. We definitely should. Um, Tokyo. I had to be I'm curious here. I think there are at least two Tokyo references on the album. Are there not? Well, there's one there. There could be. T- oh yeah. There's two. Yeah. Are there two tracks with Tokyo in the title? Yes. And then somewhere in the early, in, in an early song, you mentioned, I learned it from, and you name, is that the, is that the verse I learned it from? Yeah. And you mentioned Brooklyn and Turkey and uh, Lisbon, but you also mentioned Tokyo. So I'm counting three. Um, yeah. You've been there. Tell me, tell me about your experience in Tokyo, if you could. Well, I've been there a bunch of times and with different bands. And also I've, I've been there uh, working with 
master dancers for dance festivals where I did scores and got to collaborate with dancers over there. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just such a magical place, Tokyo. Um, you know, I would love to spend you know, a huge chunk of time there, like many months or even a year, you know, it would just be great to just be over there because I just uh, loved the feeling of how I felt there, a complete alien, you know, um, mm. I loved not knowing where I was or didn't know the language, um, love the culture, love their quest for, um, you know, collecting everything that is cultural music and, film and books and they're just so into everything and they're, they're completists and mm -hmm. I like their consciousness and it was just amazing walking around there sometimes or go, going to these parks and seeing a flame you know like in a monument or something and the monument was about <clears throat> Hiroshima and Nagasaki and it was a flame brought from uh, a guy's house back mm -hmm. to Tokyo as a reminder that atomic atomic wars is the worst mm. and we should love one another there we are again full circle you know have you seen the movie uh dreams from akira kurosawa yeah it's one of my favorites yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna connect this album to that as well there's a feeling in there uh wow uh of of you know placing this the stark reality and then also the peach blossoms you know just the, yeah. the, the the beauty, but there's a, but there's a way that it moves that I think uh, many ways around the sun moves. It's, it's a little, it's almost like, uh, like opening your eyes underwater a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I like, like that. When you, and you're looking at an object out of the water or the sun and it's kind of dancing around uh, it, it, you know, it's not exactly what it looks like, but you prefer it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> kind of a vibe, you know? Yeah, well, I'm I'm almost always liking things like that, you know, looking through a filter. Yeah, it's not necessarily rose-colored glasses, but you know, maybe yeah, might need to clean of, them off. <laughs> some kind of, some kind of, yeah. And you know, it, it's funny that um, a lot of people are are uh, waking up to the idea that it really is how you view things, you know to get to get to the to get to the space where you are there are so many ways that you can approach things that happen you know and there and there yeah. is a choice at some point there goes my afternoon philosophy <laughs> i love I, it I, you've got me out you've got me in this this you know that's good space. that's what this is cosmic. about though isn't it 100 percent. yeah 100 percent um and i think that i think that you know beautiful music and 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 hopeful things come in darker times and you know angry things come out in 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 quote good times not not yeah not that they're searching they're, for the balance maybe you know yeah there's something musical about the whole thing right there yeah so what um what's next for you i mean i, I don't want to i still want to talk about this record for a minute but um sure about performing and and do you have any information on on being able to get out and, and play again? There's always a bunch of things going on. And um, the mo the, uh, I think I can talk about this now. There's, there's a band uh, called Pact, P-A-K-T, um, which I'm a part of. And there's an album coming out on another label called uh, Moon June, which is a progressive mm -hmm. rock label and jazz and progressive jazz and things like that. And um, last August... 
was it last August? Yes, last August I did a, a concert. It was a live stream from New York, and the members of the band are Percy Jones from Brand X, wow. and uh, Alex Skolnick, who most people will know from the metal band Testament, um, very well-known guitar player, but he's just a ridiculous guitarist. He can play anything. And he's in the band. And then Kenny Grohowski, who's uh, an incredible drummer who uh, is from New York as well. And he's worked with Secret Chiefs um, and a lot of people um, like John Zorn. And he's on a lot of different records with uh, John Zorn folks like Medeski and people like that. So mm -hmm. he's just an incredible drummer. And um, so we, we uh, uh, the owner of Moon June, suggested that we try to do this band he, he just put this band together and wow. uh unbeknownst to me i you know percy's one of my favorite bass players in the whole world so i was like so excited about it and we did a concert to know people and it was streamed out and and uh we just clicked the chemistry was so on really we did, we did two sets and both sets were like an hour and i don't think uh anything was edited and it's coming out as a double cd um in july Beautiful. And so we're going to do, uh, I think about four or five or six, seven dates around the East coast, uh, late July and, and maybe some dates in September, um, in New York city and a few other places. So that's happening. That's you know? exciting yeah. because, because you're not just sitting here waiting to get back to Europe or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, uh, so that's happening. And then, you know, I have a bunch of things in the, in, you know, the queue here for 1k as well and i have a progressive rock band called orion tango so uh, that album is the new album from orion tango is being mixed so that'll be coming out i think this summer maybe 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 august or september we'll see what happens and um as far as as far as many ways around the sun you know i'm really considering uh you know i'm thinking a lot about what that could be you know uh mm -hmm. as a band um, who the musicians could be to help me bring this through and bring it to life. And, you know, the idea of doing gigs with that and um, even solo performances, how I could transform and distill some of the songs down to guitar and voice or guitar yeah. and, and voice and just different things like that. Because I, I think the album's really beautiful. And, but I also think that, um, you know, playing it live and also bringing in other musicians, it's going to, it's going to get bigger you know, it's yeah. going to transform. And I'm excited about that. I, I am as well. <laughs> I'm excited. And I want to see all of those things. I'd love to see you, you know, doing something, just breaking down, like how, how adding layers and show, showing showing us how that, how that works, you know? Yeah. Um, but first I recommend that people, uh, you know, just get the headphones and get the high quality uh, wave download and just, you know, take a, take a journey, take yeah. a little time for yourself with Tim Motzer as your guide is what I will say about this album. That's, that's what I highly recommend. Uh, you know, you can, you can go, you can go, uh, au naturel or, or bring the substance of your choice, whatever. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. It'll take you out there. So, um, this, the album to remind is many ways around the sun and that comes out on July 30th. And we're going to have two singles in advance, right? We're going to one in May. Yeah. Um, and one in June. Yeah, I think it's May 28th and June 25th, maybe. 
That's great. I'm glad you know. I'm supposed to know. But those I'm, are Fridays. Winging so it. That, that'll be a nice Friday uh, evening kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and hopefully you'll you'll come uh, and and share with us as we do our rope dope festivals in those months. Uh, come on and and we'll premiere those tracks. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, on that day, uh, on those Fridays, and then uh, you know, chat about it. That sounds good. Um, yeah. So Tim, I, you know, thank you for everything that you do to put, to put beauty into the world. Uh, oh. I, I just can't overstate to the audience how important uh, Tim's body of work is and how important it is that we continue to have a culture by support uh, to, to yeah. allow him to continue to do that because that's, that's value. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you, Lewis. This was a really an amazing hang. Good to I see know. you always. You are the sound of sunsets You are the smile by the lake You are yellow fire In the sky 